There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Welcome to the Tuned and Strong podcast. I am Angela McHewson of Music Strong, and I am joined by... I am Dr. Jen Cavis of Tuned and Tone Performance. And today we have a special guest with us, our first interview, take two, <laughs> with Dr. Rusty Holmes. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be another really fun conversation. <laughs> Yeah, yes. we previously <laughs> recorded on Skype and we had the best conversation and it said it recorded and it just went, we yep. don't know where it was. So uh -huh. thank you. Now we just get to dig into everything a little bit more. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> Rusty, can you introduce yourself for us? Tell us a little about you and, and your story. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Rusty Holmes, and I am a teacher, speaker, and freelance horn player living here in Austin, Texas. Um, I play in a couple of the regional symphonies here, and I also teach about 5 million middle school and high school adult amateur students to a large private studio here. Another grind. Yeah. I finished my doctorate about a year ago during the shutdown, so that was just wild, uh, wild ride. But now kind of going forward with my career, I'm really passionate about talking about mental and physical fitness for musicians and kind of like to advocate in any way that I can, um, maintaining an Instagram account. And I just went on this big lecture tour, which was just wild, so much fun, so crazy. But since everything was staying virtual, I was like, I might as well just go and try to zoom across the country and talk mm -hmm. to the people. And so I just went on this big lecture tour, took me to about, 20 colleges and universities talking about uh, goal setting and mental fitness and all that kind of good stuff and that <laughs> just wrapped up so on to the next big projects Woo! but yeah a short little short little thing about me yeah so what were some of the topics that you guys discussed in your uh in your lecture series well a big thing that i think is important is just knowing how to set goals and I do that in this kind of larger framework of systems. And so the, the lecture was called a system of success, a system for success. And it was basically talking about all of the different categories of habits that you have in your life. For me, that looks like a morning routine, a night routine, my physical fitness, my mental fitness, um, relationships that I form in my life, uh, lots of different systems of habits that we have and so i kind of go into how important it is to work on all those different aspects of your life uh and then dig in more to what just your system of being a musician looks like and talk about goal setting and that um i think it's so important to have process oriented goals and that's something maybe we should we should talk about just dig into because i think musicians a lot of the time get into this um mindset of i want to be this thing i want to win an audition i want to be a podcaster i want to whatever it might be we have these big goals and it's not rooted in the process and i think that sets us up for failure so often it's important to have those tangible goals that are that are action I always say biased towards action i just love using that that phrase biased towards action so i love um, that yeah, that's what the, the lecture is kind of about. And then going into, into mental fitness as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's um, actionable goals thing. I think um, it, just, it just reminds me of this story that I heard. I was, well, not story, but conversation I had. Um, we had uh, several, they were assistant professor women um, who had come from my my undergraduate school? They had gotten jobs and they came back and did a little um, 
chamber performance lecture kind of deal. And I think you know, I was in my early 20s at the time. And I think one of the most heartbreaking things that I ever heard in my early career was uh, one of them said, you know, well, we all want the career that we're going to have in our 50s by the time we're in our 30s. And it just doesn't happen. <laughs> it's yeah. like, 50s? I know. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's so important um, for, for young musicians to know that you, it's, you got to build the skills of sustainability. Mm -hmm. um, burnout is just so common for musicians. You know, you just get, it's such a sprint to get to, to the end goal. It's just like what you were saying, you know, that, that goal that we'll finally meet whenever we're in our fifties, you know, we want that from the time that we're entering music school, whenever we're 18, we're like, this is, you know, it's the, it's the race to win the audition or to get the interview or whatever that might be. Um, I think that's, well, that's why we were having this conversation. It's just, is mm -hmm. to make this, uh, this information more available to students and, and showing that like there's so many different things that you have to work on uh, for being a musician to have a sustainable career or you will get burned out because those goals especially with how flooded the the atmosphere is now you know there's so much talent there's so many great musicians all wanting the same jobs and there's just not enough jobs to go around you know and you can't beat somebody that won't give up so as long as you don't give up you're eventually going to win the job but it's important to make that that process really enjoyable that's something that i like to talk about a lot actually is um having result-oriented goals versus process-oriented goals. Whenever you are setting result-oriented goals, you're setting yourself up to work from this place of scarcity. Like, I'm not good enough yet. I want to be this thing. And I, until I'm not, until I'm that thing, I'm just not good enough to be that thing yet. Um, and so the whole time, it doesn't matter how hard you're working towards this goal, like how diligently you're showing up to try to achieve it. You haven't actually achieved anything until you reach it. And the whole time, it's just like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Working out of this place of scarcity with process oriented goals it's the opposite you have abundant success available to you the entire time you know if, if you're setting a goal maybe it's for anybody who who is wanting to get into the audition grind and and win an orchestral job um a great process oriented goal is i want to do like one mock audition a week leading up to my audition. That's just a goal that you, an action goal that you can do. And so then every week, whenever you do that mock audition, it's like more success. I met my goal again. It's this working out of a place of abundance. And then maybe you schedule two mock auditions in one week. Then all of a sudden you have even more success and like, God forbid, it makes the process of getting better enjoyable instead of miserable the whole time and i think that is the, just the key to sustainability in this career is like how much can i enjoy getting better how much can i enjoy showing up to the practice room and not feeling like i'm beating my head against the wall trying to get better like how can i make this process um lift me up and, and yeah i think that that segues really nicely into something we talked about last time which was a mindset of resiliency and how the pandemic kind of forced us into either, uh, how do I say, either either running with that and making it a thing or just falling into the woe was me trap last year. Because last year we all were dealt this blow where um, a lot of our personal freedoms felt taken away. Like you have to stay at home. You cannot go to work. You have bills to pay. Um, mm -hmm. Figure it out. You can't work. We're not going to allow you to leave. You know, that kind of thing. And yeah. um, there was, uh, there's, a lot of us had a lot of struggle and a lot of angst and a lot of frustration. But out of that, that I'm, you know, it, of course, we all had pity parties. I know I had a pity party <laughs> more than once. And I remember, and I think I went live on Facebook having one. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and it showed up in my feed. <laughs> the other day, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it brings you back to, to, to the, that was the point of growth. That was the starting point of growth for all these things. I, I actually was like the pandemic kicked me in the butt to do the stuff I said I was going to do forever. 
but I was putting it off until I had this or I had that. Mm-hmm. And because it happened, I was, and I had the time, and then I was really forced to just get the stuff done. Yeah. And it was the starting point of growth. And I was like, okay, I can either sit here and wallow in misery and what was me and pity party. Um, or I can figure out how to make a living and make this uh, a good thing. And it did. So, um, I mean, we, I don't remember exactly what all we talked about, but I, I know that was my experience. And uh, I'd like to hear y'all's experiences on, on like how resiliency works in our field of, you know, being a musician, being mentally strong and resilient and how that, how that helps our careers. Yeah. I think that's just a really, uh, good example of one of the, well, good example, extreme example of what can happen to us as musicians. I mean, the pandemic was like stripping away all of your extrinsic motivation, period. I mean, during the shutdown, if you can remember back, it's wild that it was a year ago. It was a year ago. A year ago. It's so wild. But during that time, there were no recitals. There were no orchestra performances. I mean, we just had to park it and be Mm -hmm. with your own intrinsic motivation. And that's a skill that a lot of people, I think, realize that they didn't have. They didn't have that internal desire to to practice their instrument. But I also think that that's a thing that that you can work on and that you can build. And we'll we'll get into all of that because I want to rant about mental, mental fitness at some point. But what you were talking about hits at the idea of making situations happen for you instead of to you. You know, how can you reframe a pandemic to be, this is for me, rather than like, this is a thing that's happening to me, like, oh no, Um, and kind of avoiding that victim mentality. It is just so important. But, you know, that's a skill that you can build as well. You know, always um, reframing the situations in your life to be happening for you. And, you know, that could be bombing a recital or not getting a job or going through an injury or whatever it might be you know how can you reframe that so that this becomes a positive experience or you get positivity out of that experience super important but those are skills again that you can work on and i talk about i talk about this on every platform and every chance that i get because um, it's kind of what I'm most passionate about is talking about mental fitness and all these different mental muscles that I think we must learn to to exercise and build upon. One of those being resiliency, you know, being able to reframe a situation to be for you. That's a skill. You know, you can practice that um, as in, in like the little day to day things like say that you're like for me as a horn player say that my chops are like not feeling great in the practice room how can i reframe that so that i don't have this crappy practice session but rather i'm using this as an opportunity like oh like what do i need to focus on whenever i'm having a bad chop day you know mm-hmm. and in those tiny moments throughout the day learning to reframe your situations i already had that skill set and so going into this pandemic i was immediately how is this for me how is this for me how can i take advantage of opportunities that are presenting themselves how can i rise above the the like doom and gloom that everybody was going through and through that was you know i got to do this amazing recite uh, not recital sorry uh, lecture tour that totally wouldn't have been possible you know without the pandemic um yeah and doing um starting my youtube channel and getting more active on instagram and i've done a couple of neighborhood recitals now all that stuff was just like how can i make this for me how can i make positivity come out of that um but that x that muscle of reframing i think exists um there's like all those different kinds of muscles so right there's resiliency there's also self-discipline there's embracing discomfort there's patience you know all of these things compassion all those things are (laughs) i don't know i feel like mental health is such a hot topic these days everybody's like wanting to talk about it but there's just not very many practical things for people Mm -hmm. to use like everybody knows that those things are important what I'm really interested in is talking about practical exercises of building those muscles in the same way that, that, that you, you know, you're a personal trainer. Yes, Angela. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, just like you would train somebody in you know, a fitness routine, I think it's so important to have a mental fitness routine as well. Yeah. And, and just to kind of 
because I know where I would have come from a couple of years ago. So I want to just unpack a little bit of this. Um, if you're listening to what we're saying and you find yourself in that space of like, well, yeah, that's great, but you know, I can't, or I'm not, or if you're, if you're in that um, results oriented process mindset, you know, it's okay to be there, you know, um, it's okay to be like, you know what, this really sucks and I'm going to feel bad for myself for a little bit, you know? Um, but the, the growth process that we're talking about here comes out of that discomfort. If you're not comfortable, it, how about this? If you're comfortable, you really can't grow, right? Cause you're just going to stagnate like, oh, I'm comfortable. I don't need to change it. <clears throat> the discomfort and what you do with it that's, that's what determines um, where you go next, you know, and that's, that's kind of what we're talking about here. And that's where the, the practical application comes in is, okay, well, I'm uncomfortable. I recognize I'm uncomfortable. I've taken a minute and just, you know, like having a bad chop day and I can't stand it. I want to throw my horn across the room, right? <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what can I do that's going to make me feel positive. And this is, this is something that I wish I had started doing when I was younger with the instrument. I've, I've gotten pretty decent at doing it at the gym, but you know, so many years at the, at the uh, clarinet versus so many years at the gym, it's easier to apply it here, right? Um, but that, that sort of like, okay, yes, I have an audition coming up. Yes, I have excerpts. Yes, I have a recital. And you know what? I am bombing today. This is not going anywhere. Great. What can you do that makes you feel positive before you leave the room? Makes you feel like you did something. Mm -hmm. Maybe that doesn't even involve touching the instrument. Maybe that involves, you know what? I'm just going to take 30 minutes and listen to the piece and score study, you know? So that that's the kind of practical effort. I think you're going to get into that more. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to get into that more. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, so, I'm so glad that you bring that up, though, because I feel like that is something that I always forget. I always leave that out. And it's because I make the assumption that everybody already knows that it's supposed to suck. Like this yeah. whole thing about chasing your dreams and going after your aspiration in life, going after the job, like trying to whatever it is, it's supposed to be hard. It's not Incredible. supposed to be easy. Um, yeah. And I forget that people don't know that. So yes, <laughs> everything, everything that I like to talk about and that I get on here preaching about with mental fitness, it's not to make your life easy. It's to mm -hmm. get through the hard times. That, and I, and I, I say, I talk about that pandemic like it was all like unicorns and rainbows. It sucked at the beginning. It was like, <laughs> you know, I was finishing my doctorate. And I was just like, wow, what? is this what's happening what are we gonna do yeah it was it was really bizarre so yeah i'm, I'm so glad that you kind of slowed me down a little bit to, to point that <laughs> out because it, 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 it is important for people to know that it's supposed to suck and you can build a skill set still of resiliency and getting through that um practicing compassion learning to reframe your situations but it's uh, <laughs> all because it sucks <laughs> it's, yeah. hard. it's doing it's doing the hard work um but you know that's a another thing that that we i mean i guess we were just talking about it but that embracing discomfort we're learning to be uncomfortable skill set that you can work on uh, and i think um speaking of practical things some of yeah, the best routine, don't you yeah yeah some of the best ways to do that is just like getting up on one alarm you know i know i know i know, I know. <laughs> it's difficult i, I so struggle I know. but that is like this moment of i can embrace being uncomfortable this moment of discomfort i can do it anyway i can do it anyway and then i love taking cold showers it's like the first, th the first 30 seconds of my day is pretty wacko. I'm like, <gasps> ah! <laughs> like let's go. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm turning off alarms and I immediately jump in a cold shower and I just love practicing doing hard stuff. I love, and I frame it that way. I'm not doing a cold shower because it's good. A cold shower is actually good for all kinds of different reasons, but I don't really care about those. I'm doing it purely as a, a practice of discomfort, this exercise that I can practice 
be. But I always tell this story. There's this one time, this was like a year and a half ago, two years ago or something. And I was just in a rut in life. I was feeling like I was really comfortable and I wasn't growing. And I get really anxious anytime that, that, I mean, maybe that comes from like just wanting to be a busybody as a lot of the times we are as musicians. Um, I don't, I don't know, but you know, if I'm not like actively growing and actively like on top of it and being uncomfortable, I get really antsy. So um, I was kind of in a rut and I was like, you know, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to get out of this. And then I had a friend talk about, he started going skydiving and I was like, that's it. I'm going skydiving. I'm that like sounded terrifying and so exciting to me at the same time. So I did. I booked the skydiving thing for 7 a.m. the next Monday morning. It was like two days later. 7 a.m. by myself. I just went by myself. Wow. Jumped out of this airplane. It, it was just this wild experience. But then I was like, I can do hard stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, I mean, not only did you do skydiving yourself, you did it at 7 a.m. where it would have been the easiest right. time to just bail and be like, I'm tired. You know, I really don't want to. Yeah. And it was a 45 minute drive. So I was like up at like 530 in the morning, just like, let's go. <laughs> let's jump out of a plane. I was like oh teaching, uh, teaching lessons at 9 a.m. right after. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it set the tone for your whole day. Yeah, but you know, also musicians always ask, you know, how do I get over my performance anxiety? How do I get more comfortable on stage? Well, you can do, you can practice doing scary stuff and not let walking out on stage be the first time in months that you're feeling uncomfortable or feeling scared of doing something. You're making that a, a normal practice. And oh, this is something we talked about last time too, about just like going to the gym you know, practicing fitness, that's a very, that's uncomfortable for two different reasons, right? Of like, it's hard to just go into an environment where you don't know what you're doing, walking into a gym and seeing all these people doing like their good form and all these bodybuilders or whoever, and you're in there just trying to like pick something up and put it down and like better yourself. And it feels really scary to do that. But then also just pushing your body to the limit, you know, is also a very uncomfortable thing. And y'all, you can speak on that. Um, a lot. Yeah. You're both in that of just kind of learning the lessons through through fitness. Yeah, yeah. To me, they're they're um, fitness and 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 music practice are very similar. You know, <laughs> and you see the same sort of thing too with like you were talking about originally process versus results oriented people, and it's that same sort of thing of the people who are results oriented tend to fail more. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, well, I haven't hit um, this much on a lift or I haven't made this rank or this competition, you know, whatever, instead of um, the other people who are just like, you know what, I just want to know what my body can do. <laughs> you know? I did a figure competition for that exact reason. How far yeah. can I push myself? What yeah. can my body actually do? Uh -huh. It was amazing. I, the same thing when I went to basic training. Like that yeah. was a big scary thing. I'm like, it's nine weeks out of my whole life. I'll be fine. Not gonna kill yeah. myself. I'm not gonna like break my back. It'll be okay. Yeah, it's gonna suck, but it's gonna be all right. And you know what? At the end, yeah. I was like, I can do more than I thought I could. You know, like yeah. little 80s vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's the yeah. same thing. You know, what What are you physically, what are you capable of? Mentally, where are you? what are you capable of? If you don't push yourself to see what are my limits, you'll never know if you can go blow past them or not. Yeah, yeah this is, this is a, a idea that I continue to workshop, but um, I think at our core, you know, is who we are as people. We don't actually need a whole lot, right? We just need um, health, a roof over our heads, food, water, connection with other people. Like that's our basic kind of groundwork. Everything else in life, I think, is just the playground. It's just the the box of sand you get to go play in with the other kids, you know, or just the arena that you get to go play the whatever. It's just all for fun. It's just cherries on top. And I think you know what we're talking about right now is just a couple of different arenas that we get to go play in. You know, fitness being one of those where you get to go to that sandbox and play with the other kids and see how you do. And music is the same way. You get to go play on the monkey bars with those kids and whatever. And 
I think all of the different arenas of life just offer us a place of practicing all of the same life skills, holding yourself accountable, being a good colleague or being a good friend, uh, respecting the intense intentions that you set. Those are all things that you can bring to the gym with you and practice and you know, practice being uncomfortable, all those things. And it's also the same thing that you get to bring with you to the practice room or the stage, you know, practicing being uncomfortable, practicing compassion for yourself when you're failing. Um, and I think that, I, I mean, I love that idea. I know that we kind of, we talked about that some last time too, it's just like, everything is just the playground and you get to go play with the other kids and just see how, see how you do. But I do think that the way that you do anything is the way that you do everything. And if you're showing up and you're flaking on the gym and you, you set that goal of like, I want to start going to the gym however many times a week and you don't respect that intention, I bet you anything that you do that to your practice schedule too. And I bet you don't, you do that in your relationships and you do that in all the different aspects of your life. If you practice mediocrity and one thing, it just goes through the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's to, I'm listen, I can preach about this stuff. I think it's so important to respect your word. Um, I actually just made a YouTube video about this, but you should not utter words that you do not plan to act on. We normalize it too much of saying that we'll do something and then not. And it's just word service. It sucks. It Mm -hmm. sucks to be around. It sucks for your own integrity. Just say things that you actually mean and say things that you will take action on. And if you can normalize that and bring that to all the different arenas of life, bring that to your life and fitness, bring that to your practice room sessions, bring that to your friend group, bring it to all of your social interactions. If you practice that all day long, that it just makes you vibrate at a higher frequency through life. I am about it. <laughs> That's so refreshing. And, and, and like Angela, you and I talked about on one of our, I think it was our last Healthy Habits podcast. Um, this is part of why it's so important to take that second before agreeing to do something, right? <laughs> yeah, taking that pause. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to say no. It's okay to take a second and go, you know, let me think about it. Um, Because I see a lot of, I I was definitely guilty, you know, I see a lot of um, younger people, especially music students, but that's what I'm around more. I also see it in non-music students, um, just agree to everything, left and right. Yes, 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 yes. And next thing they know, they are way over, they're not like over their head, they're like in the deep end of the pool drowning, you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) And it comes down to like, they physically can't do everything, right? And so everything becomes mediocre, like you're talking about. But the mistake they make, from what I see most of the time, is not that, yes, they have to be mediocre at everything because they've agreed to too much. But that translates in their head instead of um, these practices are mediocre because I did too much. It's I can't do everything because I am mediocre. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. on what you can you know so that you can be exceptional in what you do we (laughs) just love to take on i i think we as people we love to find our identity we love to find ourselves you know and we um Mm -hmm. latch on to those identities so quickly um oh and exactly what you just said it happens so quickly of like you are you failing at some of the things in your life and all of a sudden you are a failure we latch onto that so quick. And I think that same thing with, um, you ask somebody, you know, what do you do? What instrument do you play? And they're like, I am a flutist. I'm, you know, and we really identify with our instrument. And like, and so anytime that we go to the practice room and we're sounding awful, we are awful. And holy moly, it is so important to shuck that identity and just be, know that all of that is just for fun. It's all, I'm telling you, it's all cotton candy. It's all just cherries on top. It's supposed to be fun, you know, and mm-hmm. you at your true identity, like you're good. Um, even if you feel like you don't have these skills that we're talking about, if you don't have self-compassion, if you don't have self-discipline, if you aren't practicing integrity with your word, if you're not great at recovering from failure, if you take criticism personally, like all those things, if you already don't have a good skill set, 
you can just practice those things. It's not like a black or white, you either have it or you don't. You have all the opportunity in the world to practice that. And I say that because I think that people listening to me think like, whoa, like this guy is crazy. Like, you know, like I can come off as like, um, I know how I can come off, whatever whatever that is. I'm kind of extreme in like the personal growth department. I'll say first, I was not always like this. I had to get on this path because I was just a shit show in life. And I had, I started developing um, some of these skills, but I'll also say that for anybody who is listening to this, if you feel like you're like, you know, the, the, the couch to 5k programs, yeah. I want to develop something like that for mental fitness. So if you're at the couch spot of mental fitness right now, there are really easy ways of practicing the different skills that we're talking about. You don't feel like you have to sh- like go and like get a great workout routine at the gym and like show up to your practice room with a ton of stuff. Like you don't already have to have those skills or things that you can practice in really um, practical, practical ways and little ways. Um, so just for anybody listening who wants to feel empowered, start just taking little action and choose like a single thing to focus on. Um, my tool that I use for almost everything is a journal. I am just crazy about writing in a journal. It's been my tool to just work on myself in all the different ways. Um, And it's also really neat because I started journaling 10 years ago. I was a, I'm 28 now. I was a baby. I was 18 years (laughs) old. I was a baby. So I, you know, I'm journaling through just these huge moments of my life um, showing coming out on the other side of failure. And so just from documenting my life in that way, I feel like it's been a good tool of just showing like, I thought that I wasn't gonna be able to make it through this situation. And now here I am on the other side of it. Um, And kind of seeing that go down historically gives you a lot of empowerment, but also um, practicing gratitude, so easy to do in a journal. Just write, you know, that's something that anybody can do. That's like, I think step one get you a journal, say, I'm so thankful I woke up today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, you know, feel, just practicing that gratitude. And then when a pandemic hits, maybe you'll have a skill set of like practicing gratitude. And I don't have to feel so overwhelmed with the situation. I can still practice gratitude even in these, you know, kind of dire circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you keep using the word practice. It's a practice. For, for those of you who might be new to this concept, uh, that means you're going to fail here and there. Like, you know, it's a practice. I don't think any, I think all of us do practice this, all three of us, but I know I did not start there at all, like 0%, you know, it's a practice. It's a learned habit. Um, and there was do you have, time. do you have like a, like a, what is, what's your beginning point with your, mental fitness or practice some of these do you have like a moment like that or was it just kind of gradually over time did you slip into great habits of practicing personal growth you know what so there there were it's one of those there's so many things that create this perfect storm right so i can't list all of them there there are a lot of things leading into that but I think for me, the thing that finally clinched it, cause I fought it. I fought it really, 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 really hard. It's like, no, I just need to, you know, barrel through and just, I've got deadlines to meet deadlines. I set for myself that are unrealistic. And if I had, you know, if I had a student right now telling me, well, I'm going to do this at this age and this, at the, I, I look at them and go, we need to reset some goals. Because <laughs> if you fail to hit those, you're going to hate yourself and that's not okay. You know, because <laughs> yeah. we're you're in this long haul process. And when you're young, you don't understand that. But for me, I think really what caused me to finally reassess you know, kind of a two part thing, the two big moments. Number one is when I finally got so hurt that I couldn't play anymore. Um, because, you know, you think, OK, I'm just going to rehab and then I can keep practicing and I can keep. No, when you have to dead stop. Mm-hmm. You're forced to reassess some things you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like required reassessment. Mm-hmm. especially when it's for months. Um, and then part two for me, probably the second half of that was when I kept, I came back to playing. I say my potential was here and I knew it because I'd been here before and I got to about here and I kept, 
bumping and then getting worse. And I, I wouldn't drop back to full injured, but I couldn't ever break past that point. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that was the point when I went, you know what? Something else is wrong. I'm missing something. Mm. I don't have the full picture. I don't know what it is. I don't have the full picture. And I didn't even know what the next step was to get it. Um, it was just one of those, something's missing. I need to find it. Um, and then beyond that, it was trusting myself when the thing was in front of me. And I, I trusted myself to go, that's, that's where I need to go. Even if I don't like it right now, <laughs> yeah. like that's the next step. Um, so for but, you, know, you it, was, it was out of a, a performance, a performance injury was kind of the, one of the, the big things about that. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the performance injury partly came out of a physical issue and partly came out of just mental, not, I was not practicing in a mentally healthy way, mm -hmm. not approaching the instrument in a mentally healthy way. Um, and there it just and, became like a breaking point to that where you're like, I can no longer do this in this way. Anymore. I mean, you know, when, when your whole identity, like we were talking about is wrapped up in playing your instrument and you can't do that yes, anymore. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Am I really supposed to be doing this? Uh, am I like, is this a sign that I should be doing something different with my life even? Right. Um, and then why that much of a mental disconnect, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Anyway, yeah, so, and, and, and my brain stopped again. <laughs> well, I'm curious, I'm curious um, to you, Angela, did you have like a moment like that or was it kind of a gradual, because I know that you also went through performance injury. So was that kind of your progression into personal growth and kind of working on some of these skills or was it a different moment for you? You know, it's kind of funny. I mean, I've had four performance related injuries at this point and, uh, I, I can't trace any of them to being a catalyst for um, necessarily resiliency. It's just, this is going to sound like a cop-out, but quite honestly, that's just like my natural spirit is to see the, 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 I used to think it was because I was naive. I would just see the good in everything. I would see, and people like, you need to start seeing people, their negative side and see the worst in people. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to see that. I'm like, yeah, well, you're going to get hurt if you don't start. They were right. But you know, I still, I still just see like the best in people. I see the best in the situation. Okay, the pandemic hit and I went, oh, I can sleep. Okay, the good of this is I have time to ride my bike. I have time to sleep. I'm finally gonna cross all the things off my house to do this. You know, and then I just, I started thinking and then, you know, you get to a point you're like, okay, this is still going on. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna sit with this and be frustrated. And today, maybe I don't have an answer. But then the next day I'd be like, Okay, I got it. We're going to do this today. And it's just been a process of every day when I don't have an answer to what's going on. It's that's fine, but you just have to keep moving forward with um, what's the one thing I can do in this situation today that's going to either move me forward or make me feel better. One mm -hmm. of the two. And I don't mean like make me feel better as in like self-medicate, but I mean, you know, taking care of yourself. So, mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> my, but I remember back in high school, people would make fun of me for this quality. Like, I, this is just something that I've always done. Like my parents used to make fun of me like gently about it when I was just a kid. Like I would bounce out of bed at five years, six years old at like dawn and be like, it's a beautiful day and we're on vacation. And I'm like, we're gonna go outside. And they're like, hey, Angela, we just woke up. Just go outside. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, just happy to live life and, and oh, we can't go to the zoo but we're on vacation. We still get to go to yard sales. I mean, I'm just always seeing like the positive, right? So I can't trace it back to a, like a certain thing, but it's always in the front of my mind when something bad happens or something in the back of my mind says, what's the gift in this? Mm -hmm. What's the gift? What's the good? What could happen that's good out of this? How can you make this work for you? You know, every tragedy holds a gift. Mm -hmm. There's something we can learn out of everything. Same like mm -hmm. I, I use basic training a lot because it's um, that an, it's not an analogy. That experience was was uh, <laughs> it's one of those. I remember the plane landing in St. Louis, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh I really am doing this. <laughs> I'm find out what a drill sergeant really does, and you know all that push-ups without end. You know, am I going to get any sleep? I have no idea. And I remember the plane landed. I went, okay, Angela, you have a choice. 
you can dread this or you can look forward to this. Let's look forward to it. What a, okay, yeah, there's gonna be some suckage out of this, but what are the cool things that you're gonna get to do that most people don't ever get to experience? I had to throw grenades. Yeah. I got to like rappel off a 50 foot thing with like a harness I made myself. I got to like, I'm all kind of bayonet courses, stabbing stuff. I mean, it was, <laughs> I to do that, right? So no, it's funny that you say that because I've, I've heard this before that fear and excitement feels the same and you like it, it feels the same in your body, but you can just reframe that to kind of be, I'm fearful. My heart is racing and I have this like sense of dread or I'm really excited. My heart is racing and I have this sense of dread. Like it, it just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you can just kind of reframe it in that way. And I guess my story is kind of like in between your stories because I had, I was kind of like you, Angela, and that like I have, I was lucky in that my mom is this just really motivational person to be around. She was kind of uh, a motivational lecturer in a prison system. So for people who were in prison their whole lives, she would give seminars to them about how to get out into the real world and kind of build on themselves and have this really great life. Um, and I think that kind of, I don't remember her ever teaching me those skills, but I was around that kind of a person. And so I think through that, I developed some personal development skills. But also whenever I was 18, I guess I was 18, that's when I came out of the closet. And that was this really awful experience for me. I, this was like still before, you know, gay marriage was legal and it wasn't as, I don't know, as a small town country boy. And I had a really, really tough time with that. And it, my personal life was just garbage. I mean, I was just so, so low in my life. And it came to this point where I had to decide um to take on some personal development skills and just try anything and you know start working on making myself uh, more accepting and loving myself and showing up in my relationships better and showing up to in the practice room even whenever i was like feeling awful how can i still like be productive and be positive and i feel like a lot of my skill set developed from there um and then of course you know going i feel like i've learned so many lessons um just the stinking hard way, you know, of I, for a little bit, um, I had an eating disorder and I just got into, um, fitness whenever I moved here to Austin and I thought I was doing really great things for my body. And then I wound up with all of these disordered eating habits and it was just, whoa, it just yeah. garbage. And that was another big moment of my life that I journaled through, um, but I had to start practicing these, these concepts of self-acceptance and self-love and uh, being positive and all the stuff. But I just, you know, I wanted to kind of ask those questions because I think it's important for people to know that a lot of um, this growth mindset comes out of really tough times in life. You know, the uncomfortable moments of life, basic training or getting performance injuries or just going through a identity crisis um <laughs> you learn skills skills through that so i guess for anybody listening if you feel like you're you know in a huge rut or you feel like you have to like give up on yourself or give up on music or whatever it is that you want in life that's the that's the moment that's the good that's the good stuff you know those are the moments in life that make you and can can change the trajectory of your life so it's important to embrace those moments i think <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we actually we actually hit on this last time um, about the kind of the victim mindset just a little bit, the victim mentality that's going around. Um, and last year, I think it really came out uh, a lot more because people are like, uh, oh, woe is me. I mean, we've all had woe is me moments last year, a lot of them. But I mean, there's some people that kind of really identified with that and that became their ongoing narrative. Well, you need to help me because I can't and I don't and what what and then the language they use like like you mentioned earlier was well I hope when well I hope this well okay that's not action that's passivity right and so we we talked a little bit about um, that and self care which I don't want to get too inflammatory here but um, over the last year we've talked a lot about self care. And what does that actually mean? I mean, Jen and I did a whole, uh, we did a whole podcast, I think it was episode six, I think, 
um, about what is self-care, right? And it doesn't mean just sitting around in your sweatpants, eating bonbons, taking bubble baths, drinking wine, you know? I mean, <laughs> that's, it can be that, but that shouldn't be a lifestyle, right? Yeah. And then, and, and, and the other part of that self-care, uh, what I keep seeing is that it's okay to not do it's okay to be less. It's okay to like not do the hard things, not do the difficult things and just be, and just be okay with whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm struggling yeah. with that state as well. But, and there is a time and a place for that. But when it's that continually, I think you really do yourself a disservice to not do what Rusty is saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all have, um, we all have our story. And this is something that exactly. I posted on my, on my Instagram story this morning is that we all have the story that manifests as um, either excuses or like, I'm a victim. This is the reason why I cannot be successful. This is the reason why I can't grow as a musician or as a person, whatever it might be. Um, and then you can also have a story that's empowering to you. And this is why I am able to do this. And this is why I am able to grow as a musician or as a person. Um, and you get to choose your story. I didn't believe that for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I thought that you were given this deck of cards, this, this hand, and like, this is what you had to play with. And you get to change. You don't only get to like swap out cards. You get to change games. It, mm -hmm. You really do have power over your life in that way. I didn't believe it for a really long time. But it's important that people identify that story that you're telling yourself. Mine, I'll be transparent because I'm working on this in my own life right now. And I think it's important to, <laughs> to have that representation for people. Um, a big story that I tell myself is that I'm not a good enough player, that I'm not a good enough performer. Because my thing is, you know, I'm a mental health advocate, a mental fitness advocate. And I do all these speaking engagements and I do interviews like this. And all of my professional endeavors have been in, in content production and in teaching. I'm a, I am a wonderful pedagogue. You know, I have all of these, this confidence in that. And I've told myself that I can't go further in my career because I'm not a good enough performer. And I am currently working through that story and, and working to change that story. I just did a, a <laughs> A recital for all my students um, out in a park just a couple of days ago and uh, that was a, a really good experience practicing kind of showing up for myself in that way improving like I can be a performer um, but I think we all get you know we all get tied up in our own stories of why we can't be successful and you totally have control over the story that you cling to yes I, the reason I ran off is because it, like you're talking about imposter syndrome Boy, I think we all struggle with imposter syndrome. My, my imposter syndrome, like the imposter in my brain is like, you're a musician. You don't know what you're talking about with fitness. There's always somebody who knows more about you. You don't know how to run a business. You are a musician. Those pieces of paper say you play flute good and real good. That's all that means. And anytime I have a sales conversation or I talk to somebody, there's that little nag in my brain that's mm -hmm. like, you're not a you're not a fitness person. You're not a business owner. You're a musician. You can't blah blah, right? I'm working through that. I wanted to show you this. I got this book at the uh, Entrepreneur Center. It's called Overcoming the Imposter. And I know I'm a book nerd. That's fine. Um, it's really good. It's about overcoming the imposter for entrepreneurs, which all musicians are entrepreneurs, right? And it's really speaking to that exact same thing that you're talking about that we all have, which is a bunch of baloney. Like, yeah. Have you, if you think about that area in your life, and I was getting off a tangent real quick, but think about that area in your life where the imposter says, you're not really a this or that. And think, did you help someone achieve success or did you have success there? And if the answer is yes, the imposter is lying to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that anytime that you realize that your story is based on fear, or that it is based in it's that imposter story that, that is communicating to you. It is so important to go forward knowing it's a lie, knowing that it's made up, knowing that that's not your truth. I mean, that is just, <laughs> that's the key is not making decisions going forward based on that fearful story. Cause that is victim mentality. That's 
you know, this is the reason why. But that's been, you know, and that's why I bring that up. That's been a big realization in my own life that I have the story that I'm not a good enough performer. And I don't, I don't make decisions in my life, my life based on fear. Like that is just kind of like a law that I have for myself. So it's like, now that I realize that I've kind of subscribed to the story of I'm not a good performer, I'm no longer making decisions based on that story. Like that is just how, I don't necessarily believe a different story yet, but I know that I'm not basing any more decisions based on that old truth, you know? Mm -hmm. that belief now, Rusty, do you find that when you run into something like that, you have to baby step yourself out of the story? Because I know that's a thing for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you kind of have to decide like who you're aspiring to be, like what, you do want your story to look like and what that person looks like. And then you don't have to believe that yet, but you can start making baby steps uh, or take small actions that are in line with what that kind of future better version of yourself looks like. This is a great concept that James Clear talks about. He's the author of Atomic Habits. He talks about whenever you're trying to build into an identity that anything that you, anytime that you do like a thing in your life, any action that you take, you're casting a vote for being the kind of person that you want to be. So like for me, for example, if I'm trying to be a really great performer, all I have to do is start casting votes that I am a good performer. How can I do that? I can, I just, I just did a recital for all my students. That's me casting a vote for, I'm a performer. I can embody being a performer. Um, and anytime that I'm taking action, that's casting more votes for, for that story that I want to believe about myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this um, circle back, I think it ties into that couch to 5k thing you were talking about. Um, fun fact, I actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I actually did the couch 5k back when I was starting to try to get active again. It was like, first we just started with walking. Um, like it was around the time Pokemon Go came out. And I was like, great. I need to move more anyway. Cause I feel like a lard, you know? <laughs> and then it was, you know what? My friend is starting to run. So she got me on like the, as an off brand couch to 5k. Okay. We're not rich. Like, <laughs> and I, I just remember the first run that we did. I got all, I got all my running clothes on, you know, big hefty girl. I got my shoes on, I got my hair up and I met my friend at the park and we start going and we got done. And I was like, we weren't there for long enough and I'm not sweaty. Did we really actually just go for a run? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know that that was worth my time. I don't think I did enough, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, What's like six or eight weeks later, I'm doing a 5k for the first time in my life, you know, <laughs> but I think it's that same sort of thing where it's like, you can change the story, but you can't go from on the couch to in a 5k in a day. Those yeah. little, little changes, I add up way more than we think they do. Way yeah. Absolutely. Well, and just normalizing showing up for yourself. For, for me, that's always my morning routine, like saves my life, I swear. But I know that if I show up to my morning routine, it doesn't matter how well I do in my morning routine, just showing up, making that habit, that process, showing up to the process of doing it. I know that it becomes this, you know, sustainable action of self-growth that I'm kind of manifesting in my life. Can't preach it enough. It's so important for anybody listening to this. It's so important. Just show up because I think you never know what to do until you start doing it. And it's kind of like if you're walking in really, really, really heavy fog and you can only see like 10 feet out in front of you. But if you walk 10 feet forward, you can see another 10 feet out in front of you. And you just kind of have to keep walking forward and keep, you know, digging forward. If you don't know what to do with, with mental fitness or mental health or working on some of these skills, just try something, you know, mm -hmm. and then you'll get some more clarity and you'll get to walk forward a little bit more in that. Um, because this is a huge, broad topic and all three of us, I mean, we are well-versed and and what we're talking about. We practice all these things, but I think it's easy for someone listening to this to be like, whoa, what? Like, how how do I get into this? Just showing up and, and figuring out what works for you. All three of us, we 
fitness is a great thing in our life, that might not be the first great step for somebody to take to start working on some of those personal development skills. Maybe it's, well, who knows? You know, you have to find it in yourself. I, another thing that I always preach about is um, having a hobby, you know, and I think that it's important to have uh, different endeavors in your life that you think are fun and fulfilling. And I know that that's been another really great thing of personal development for me is having my identity thrown in other activities besides being a musician and besides kind of getting on with my career, um, enjoying different endeavors in my life. So it could be something as easy as that. I totally, this is me just throwing it out in the universe and I promise I will respect to this word. I wanna make, I wanna develop some kind of course or journal or something that's like a couch to 5K kind of concept. I have no idea what it would be called yet, but something, about just practicing mental fitness and um, helping people get those those basic skills because it's so so important. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Anybody who's out there listening, if you are into that mental health uh, realm and and resiliency, drop a comment to what what you think it should be. You know what, Rusty? I just realized the first thing we should have asked you was how did you get into fitness. We didn't even come for that. We just this is right. I know. We just, <laughs> Really heavy, all the heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Fitness, fitness for me, um, it's always just been this, another little playground for me to work in. You know, I've never been super duper hardcore into fitness, but it is something that I do every day. Um, but kind of all the way back to like middle school, I was a football player and that they just teach you how to lift. So I was learning how to lift as early as middle school and then went through, through athletics in high school and did P90X, which if people don't know, that's a really great uh, program put together by Tony Horton, who's been like a hero in my life because I watch him, you know, I get my butt kicked by him. Most days I still do P90X. <laughs> For like 10 years I've been doing uh, P90X workouts. They're just really, really great. But now fitness is just this wonderful kind of extra endeavor in my life. I almost consider it a hobby because it's, yeah, fun. It's fun for me now. Yeah. How do you find that it that it helps you in your musical realm? Like, how does fitness transfer to to being a musician? Yeah, in all in all the many 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 ways, right? I mean, with, between like sports psychology and the psychology of a, of a musician, there's so many parallels there. Um, with your physical body and and kind of fighting against injury, you know, we use our your body has to be strong and. Uh, performance anxiety you know, feeling confident in your body feeling strong in your body that helps you walk out on a stage so so much more confidently if you feel good in your body doing that um and also i again just to kind of hit this home um it's another arena to practice all the great things i think anything that you're practicing in in fitness and the endeavor of fitness is something that you can bring over to your endeavor of, of being a musician. One of those things, and maybe this is a great spot to kind of wrap everything up, is that in everything that you do in life, I think one of the most important things to practice is joy and bringing joy to the uncomfortable things, the discomfort that you feel, which you can find everywhere in fitness and everywhere in music and everywhere in all the different, you know, little playground arenas that we have in our life you know, finding joy and making that a practice. If you can just practice finding joy now in whatever situation you're in, in any endeavor that you're in, then whenever you reach your aspirations, whenever you meet your result-oriented goals, those things that are way off in the distance that you want to achieve in your 50s, whenever you meet those goals, you already have a practice of being joyful. And so it becomes very easy to bring that to any part of life, I think. Perfect. Yeah. I think that's a great place for us to wrap up. Uh, thank you so much, Rusty, for joining us today. It was delightful for you to be our very first interview. Thank you so much for having me. And you know, if anybody is interested in in finding me, I can. Um, well, maybe we can put that in the show notes as well. We will. But, Where can people find you anyway? Uh, RustyHolmes.com is my website. You can kind of see see some. I have a blog on there um, as well as some resources for musicians. Uh, my Instagram is at Rusty Holmes Horn. My YouTube channel is also just my name, Rusty Holmes. If you forget all that, if you just type. Rusty Holmes into Google, I'm going to show up somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. 
Ah, all right. Likewise, you guys can find both of us and, and it, make sure to hit that subscribe button, guys, and leave us a review. Please. We would love to have your reviews and your comments. And uh, let's share this with somebody. Uh, if you think this is worthwhile, please share this with somebody that uh, you think would really enjoy this because we would love to get this, this message out and get Rusty mm -hmm. some exposure because he teaches all yeah. the great things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, and you can find, obviously, if you're a watching the Tune and Strong podcast, you know most of where to find us probably. Uh, we should be available on all the major platforms now. We're progressively getting those uploaded. Um, we're still on the YouTubes, which is probably where you're watching this. Uh, I, I know it's under yours, Angela, uh, yeah. your YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, you can always find us there. Um, you can find me on all the socials at Tuned and Toned Performance or uh, Instagram. My personal is at DocBeefCake. So hit me up there, comments, questions, anything you want to talk about. Happy to talk to you guys about that. Happy if you can't find one of us, we'll send you to the others, you know? <laughs> exactly. but you you can find me at Music Strong Anything and Music Strong Fitness on Instagram. So please share, comment, like, subscribe, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. Yay. Thank you, Rusty. Yay. <laughs> Thanks.